Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have within you the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. We're continuing... Um, our topic that we started last week, uh, the topic is the nature of God. And uh, Before we do so, uh, I just want to mention Alice Bally. Alice Bally is the founder of the Lucis Trust organization, and she wrote 24 volumes of literature, and the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show comes from the works of Alice Bally, as does the following thought. Only as we understand ourselves, can we arrive at an understanding of that which is the sum total that we call God? Well, this topic, God, has uh, infinite layers to it, and I suppose we could go on forever uh, talking about uh, perceptions of God. Uh, but uh, well, let's pick up from where we left off. We were mentioning Sarah was mentioning words uh, and the words transcendent, imminent. Uh, maybe we can start with that, Sarah. Yes, we were talking about um, the fact that God is one, as is recognized in most of the, well, many of the world's religions. But behind or a reflection of that oneness is the realization that Alice Bailey calls um, the understanding that God is both transcendent, apart from greater than the world, the created outer world, and God is imminent present within every atom of the created world. This dual recognition of God is um, present in the uh, faiths that tend to worship or encourage a devotion to a, a, a power or a deity that is uh, separate from or apart from the world. Whereas the idea of God imminent lends itself to the realization that the Christ principle or the soul, the Atman of Hinduism, is the spark of divinity within every um, atom of life. And um, we were talking about this 
realization of God imminent and how it's becoming more and more an awareness in New Age spirituality that uh, emphasizes the idea that God is present within every human being and really within every part of the created world. And you could say that that realization is the expression of the soul, the consciousness of divinity within the form aspect. It is the consciousness of the soul, and uh, that's uh, the part of the what we call the Trinity, of course, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, and uh, as is recognized in Christianity. And, uh, the soul being mm, the sun aspect. Soul being the sun aspect, and uh, that's we we talk much about the Trinity, but somehow that soul aspect or the sun aspect seems to be left out quite often when they talk about uh, God imminent or God transcendent, and um, there there are other ways of expressing this. I mean, in fact, that's the, about the only way that we can really identify with God is try to uh, express it through uh, our feelings, our thoughts, our ideas, or trying to picture this divine being in our mind in different ways. And you know, Michelangelo uh, depicted God as an old man with a beard, and uh, <clears throat> um, many other uh, artists and down through the years have just tried to picture God as a, as a human being. Well, it's our way of human way of reducing God, actually, to uh, the size of man when um, we should be uh, trying to reverse it. Uh, You're familiar with that thought, uh, man is made in Mm -hmm. the image of God. Right. And I think uh, man has actually Uh reversed that and said um, (laughs) God is made in the image of man. Oh, dear, I'm afraid uh, you're right. So um, that's... uh, a concept that has to be turned around and we have to begin to stretch our minds and try to encompass this greater vision of God and, and the greater image of God at the, at the um, higher, more abstract level. In fact, I think it's a sign of growing um, spiritual intelligence on the part of human beings that so many people reject that idea of a kind of anthropomorphic god or uh, man upstairs concept which i find personally really repugnant um i i hope that god is infinitely more than the man upstairs i i hope he's nothing at all uh, like our human potential. If God isn't transcendent and greater than uh, the best and finest within humanity, we're in trouble. And I'm a believer in humanity, but surely God is uh, far greater. That was touched on in the Bhagavad Gita, which I mentioned um, last time, that, that great statement of Krishna that says, having pervaded the entire universe with a fragment of myself, I remain. Some translations continue that statement a bit further. I remain greater and um, wider than all the known worlds, something like that. But the idea is that God created the world and yet transcends it and is utterly beyond it. But it's that realization that makes it 
so difficult to speak about the one, the the whole of uh, God, um, because it is beyond words, beyond language. It's it's. There's another saying, and which comes from the Bailey teachings also that. Well, it's our opening thought that uh, only as as we understand ourselves can we arrive at an understanding of that which is the sum total that we call God. Uh, if we study ourselves, we can come... This is about the only way that we can really come to some conception of what God is. That's one of the mysteries of the spiritual path because having just said that God is transcendent, greater than and apart from the known world... You're saying, and I do believe it's right, that we we can only understand God through our understanding of our own, not of our present mm-hmm. self, would you say, but of our potential? I uh, think so, yes, because uh, we uh, contain within ourselves this reflection of the uh, of God, essentially the essentials of God, the energies of God. The, uh, we have within us the the light and the love and the power of the will, and these are the three essentials uh, that uh, are the first expression of God. Uh, there is the uh, excuse me. There is the in the Bible he's referred to as the three in one or the one in three, and there again is the uh, Trinity. <clears throat> The concept of Trinity, uh, of the Trinity, is one that also runs through a lot of the world's religions. And uh, on the human level, the the uh, capacity to know God through understanding ourselves probably has um, some relation to the fact that we're all triple or triune in makeup in the sense that every human being is spirit, soul, and form, or the divine spark, which the theosophists called the monad, the consciousness of our potential divinity, which is the soul, and the outer appearance, or the body, which is the form that uh, we inhabit the world with. So there is this triple component within every human being that reflects um, God as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's right. And in Hinduism as Shiva, Vishnu, and Brahma. I don't know whether that's of interest to people, but I find that interesting that there are these parallels. God is Shiva, the Father, Vishnu, the Son, and Brahma, the Holy Spirit. Or we could say God as Creator, Brahma, Preserver, Vishnu, and Destroyer, or Shiva. Those are all triple expressions of the one. And it, it, it expresses the the universality of uh, God. And when you go back to the basic principles of these religions, you find this common denominator that Mm -hmm. uh, between among all the religions of the world, most likely. I haven't um, traced them all back, but I know that one of Hinduism is very uh, apparent. Well, what about in... um Egyptian religion, isn't there a triple... Yeah, I think there was um, in in the nature of, um, let's see, Osiris and Horus and Isis. Mm-hmm. You have the three, the, at least those three characters that could, I think if you stretch it, you could um, make out that this was the beginning of a trinity also. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the parallels aren't exact, but in Judaism, I can't name the three... 
um, aspects, only the third uh, creative aspect, which is the Shekinah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly. God present in the world or God the creative um, um, presence within uh, the outer visible world, the quickening that lies within all form. So there is this awareness that God is um, present in a threefold form and yet is one. And somehow getting one's mind wrapped around that to me is um, a very worthy exercise because it's so easy to just sort of put God in a compartment that says it's too difficult to even think about him. I'll pray and hope for the best, but I really can't get much of a handle on him. I think using our minds to develop some understanding of where the world came from, who created it, what it, what its purpose might be, just going through the exercise, as futile as it might be, counts for something. For those people who just tuned in, um, you're listening to Inner Sight, and we're continuing to explore last week's topic, the title of which is The Nature of God. And um, we need your help. Uh, we'd, we'd love to stay on the air, and uh, it's becoming kind of difficult at times because it's so costly. We are honored to, honored to be on this station, but a um, good station costs money. And uh, we'd appreciate any donations that you might be able to afford. Uh, just send uh, your donations to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And once again, we... We really need your help, and we um, we uh, very much appreciate any help that you've given us in the past, and we'd like to stay on the air. So once again, if you can afford to send some donations, uh, large or small, please do so. Once again, it's uh, the address to send donations is Lucis, uh, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Uh, if you're interested in Lucis Trust and um, want to um, uh, take a look at who we are and read some of our literature, and perhaps you might even want to join us at meditation meetings, other meetings that we have, uh, uh, it, we're not a we're not a religion. There are people from all walks of life and religious backgrounds who come to our meetings and read our books. Um, uh, but you might want the general package of information. We'll be happy to send it out to you free of charge. Just call on our toll-free number. We'll send it out, 1-866-695-8247. Once again, 1-866-695-8247. The easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. LUCIS is L-U-C-I-S. It's one 866 Think of New York Lucis, our website, www.lucistrust. Lucis Trust is one word, www.lucistrust.org. Um, you've given us some intriguing, intriguing thoughts, uh, Sarah and Dale, and uh, I almost uh, think that uh, when we say that God transcends the world, uh, uh, I almost, uh, you've stimulated a thought within me that uh, says perhaps he's beyond existence. Uh, uh, I don't know, and then uh, well, the idea of mankind understanding God is uh, is an interesting topic, too. Well, it, yes. I mean, in many ways, like I said a few moments ago, this is a futile exercise, but I don't think mm -hmm. that makes it un, an unworthy one. Um, 
The realization that we are trying to define the undefinable is something that's, I think, grasped by some of the greatest minds. But even Christ said, he who would know the Father, uh, let's see, no, he said, if anyone would do the will of God, he shall know. I had it reversed there for a minute. If anyone would know, would do the will of God, he shall know. What I think he was saying was that in living the spiritual life, in living the highest um, expression of what one understands about one's spiritual origin and destiny, we come to know something of God. We can't sit around and theorize and read books about him and really attain that level of awareness. It's in living the life according to our highest principles. And this ties in with something that's really difficult to articulate, but here I go. The Bible Genesis begins by saying, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And I've always puzzled over that. Then in the Ageless Wisdom I learned that God is called the Logos, which is a Greek word meaning word. And in trying to figure out what that meant, I came upon something that said that God is unknowable in his true, pure state, but that in expression, he is the Logos. In speaking, we give body or substance to something which is essentially unspeakable. So in talking about God, we are talking about his, what is effervescence, his radiation, but that's not the same as talking about the true essential spark of divinity. Nevertheless, it's it's worth trying. Well, I, I think if another way we alluded to earlier was this having to do with the Trinity, uh, this is the threefold pattern that is repeated uh, as the energies or the life of God descends into matter, into dense physical matter. Uh, in that process, it differentiates, and in its descending uh, source, it, it differentiates into uh, different um, different patterns. And but the same threefold pattern is continued. And like in in the first uh, differentiation of God, we have what you mentioned earlier, which we describe as the monad. Um, we have the energies of light and the energies of love and the energy of divine will. And these three um, qualities are also contained in the threefold nature of the soul. And further down as it descends, it is also contained in every human being. So the same threefold pattern <clears throat> that descends from God also is seen in every human being in the nature of the physical body, <clears throat> the emotional or love part of the emotional body, and then the mental body. And those are the threefold aspects of, uh, of uh, our divine nature repeated. Well, where do we go with that? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Ponder on that. Yeah, the fact that um, every human being contains within himself the the basic trinity by which 
God is reflected in the world is, I think, a pretty awesome thought. We tend to see ourselves and other people in terms of the form, the persona, which is literally a mask. The personality, the outer appearance, is a mask and not the real entity. And yet that outer personality or form is what we take to be the whole person. Look how much we judge each other by appearance, by action, by race, by uh, background, all the outer qualities and attributes that are uh, piled up through um, living in the world. We don't even begin, most of us, to touch the soul, which is the inner um, Christ principle or consciousness aspect, the consciousness of being divine in origin that lives within every human being. Within many people it's asleep, dormant, but it can wake up and come to the forefront. And we certainly don't grasp the fact that every human being and in fact every living thing on earth is in its essence a spark of pure divine energy. That's such an awesome thought, but we tend to stop at level one of the threefold. <clears throat> right, as it makeup. said in one of the uh, in one of the books of Alice Bailey, um, it said the soul is the embodied life of God coming into incarnation in order to reveal the quality of the nature of God, which is essential love. And I think that's a, a beautiful thought, and I think it applies directly to people who said, for instance, uh, in response to September 11th, where was God? That statement drives me nuts, because I just want to scream, don't you see God's presence in the loving, sacrificial acts of devotion expressed by people all over the world in response to what happened that day? Can't you see God present in the man who owned the restaurant on the path leading uh, away from the trade center who took all his food out on tables, put it out on the street, and fed people as they walked by for free? That's just one example. There were people who risked their lives. There were workers and firemen who gave up their lives to save others and did so consciously and willingly. Can't you see God's presence in those acts? When they say, where was God, what are they looking for? Some long arm that would reach down from heaven and uh, rebuild the towers in an instant? That would defy the laws of, of the natural world. That can't happen. But God is present in every act of loving kindness. I think that's the way we describe God or, or try to identify God is it through these human actions and human qualities that we uh, express in times of tension and times of crisis and even in times of um, when relaxation. Uh, uh, right in the home, there are these qualities of God are, are very much present because they they exist within us and we bring them forth through our own actions and our own behavior. Unfortunately, so often these qualities aren't summed up except in times of crisis. But it shouldn't have to be that way. That sense of brotherhood, of the one humanity, is our way of expressing God's presence 
in our own lives and in the world, and we could, if we chose, practice it every day. Maybe that's the reason why we have to suffer these crises from <laughs> time to time, because they are they're learning tools. There are ways that we we learn our inner capacities, our inner potential, and to bring forth that inner potential that is there. Well, perhaps the atheist might say, why does God allow it to happen to begin with? I don't think the atheists mm. would say that. I think the believers would say right. that. <laughs> I think right the atheists that. are more at peace with the whole situation mm -hmm. than the believers who haven't really thought through the nature of God. Mm -hmm. um, just a reminder that uh, what we'd like you to do is to order our general package of information, if you would. Um, find out more about Lucy's Trust. Uh, it's uh, filled with a lot of literature. Uh, give us a call at 1-866-695-8247. That's 1-866-695-8247. The easy way to remember it, 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS, LUCIS, L-U-C-I-S. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?